0: When you take the movie theaters out of the center of these little town main streets, it took part of the purpose of the community away from them because you weren't just going into main street to go shopping during the day. There were some restaurants too, but the only thing to really do at night was to go to the movies.
1: We're living in a post pandemic world with streaming services dominating the cinema sphere. So come on, let's be honest could movie theaters ever truly reign supreme again? North Texas is dotted with historic theaters that have been renovated either to screen films or to use as event spaces, or honestly both. Inwood Theater and the Texas Theater in Dallas, Ridgely Theater in Fort Worth, Palace Arts Center in Grapevine, and that's just to name a few. I'm Bailey Friday and North Texas wants to know, what is the appeal of old school movie theaters in the streaming era?
2: There's something about these old spaces because you just can't build this anymore. My little line that I would say is you can't build 90 years of history. You just can't.
1: That is Jason Reimer, creative director of the Oak Cliff Foundation. He's played an integral role in reopening the Texas Theater in Oak Cliff. The historic theater on Jefferson Boulevard opened in April 1931. It was the first in the area designed for talking pictures. That's what they used to call them, if you remember. And most importantly, in this Texas heat, it was the first Dallas theater with air conditioning.
2: So preserving it is increasingly important. I think if you're interested in entertainment and you're interested in this type of interaction with a community, these theaters were traditionally built on town squares because they were the center point of the community. So just philosophically, for me, that's an important thing to help protect. And if I can be a tiny part of supporting that, then I'm happy to be part of it.
1: The Texas Theater opened and closed several times in the late 80s and early 90s, just trying to figure it out. And then eventually, the Oak Cliff Foundation bought the building in 2001.
2: Lots of theaters like this had the same arc. Many, many, many of them went out out of business decades ago. Or they became spaces for live theater, very often churches. You know, there weren't audiences going into the modern era of cinema that we're in now it's always been a struggle to get that size of people into a room to watch a movie. All of us involved in the Texas theater now and aviation cinemas uh, were from different backgrounds, but all kind of similarly related to entertainment. Um, I was from more of a live entertainment background, but I was certainly had lots of film involvement. So it's, I, you know, the idea was to make it multi-use. So it wasn't just movies. It could be live comedy, live podcast, live, you know, live events of any kind, we have tons of live music, incorporating all these other things and just getting the building to be used for the community for any number of things, including things that we, we don't do ourselves. That was a, a huge part of the beginning was fixing the building up and getting it usable and making it flexible so that you can do lots of events. I mean, we have weddings there all the time, things like that, and then kind of giving it back to the community to let them have access to it.
1: And even in the age of streaming, there are still multiplexes all over North Texas. You see them at malls, in massive parking lots on the side of the highway, even in places you might not expect, like right off Sundance Square in downtown Fort Worth. So what draws some moviegoers into historic theaters over popular chains like Cinemark or AMC?
0: So to be able to still have those theaters and to have them renovated, And when they have some history behind them, it adds a kind of a kick to what you're doing. And I think there's a lot of people in the younger generations who are movie buffs themselves. And it's not a nostalgia that's felt by someone who lived through it, but they have a kind of acquired nostalgia for the beauty of these theaters, like the Texas Theater in in Oak Cliff.
1: That's University of Dallas professor Scott Churchill. He teaches classes on cinema and reviews films for the Irving Community Television Network. He thinks movies themselves try to remind us of the grand theaters of years past.
0: It's one of those subliminal things almost where you can be watching a movie about something else and you're suddenly downtown New York City and you're seeing movie theaters and it kind of locks it in there that, yeah, there, there are places where these are still happening. You know, even something like Woody Allen's Purple Rose of Cairo, which was Depression era. The centerpiece of that whole movie is the town's movie theater that Mia Farrow's character goes to to seek refuge from the misery of her depression era life. So, you know, I think it does feed into it that movies like to celebrate movies. And when they do so, they're not showing you multiplexes. They're showing you the great palaces of the past when they can, the great picture show.
1: Another thing, he says where they're located is just as important.
0: The movies were made to be the center, the heart of a community. And to have that taken away and to shift it all to these large mega complexes on the outskirts of town, um, it changes the nature of those neighborhoods, which may no longer draw the kind of people who want to spend the whole afternoon and evening walking in their neighborhood. So they fulfilled an important function that we didn't really think about when we started moving them away from the heart of a neighborhood. And the Texas theater being situated where it is in a part of Dallas and Oak Cliff that's being uh, renovated, refurbished, uh, having that theater refurbished along with the neighborhood and the um, gentrification of it with uh, nice restaurants um, that weren't there before suddenly makes that part of town a destination where it wasn't before.
1: Dallas is known for a lot of things. Barbecue, margaritas, a beautiful skyline, that all comes to mind. And, most notably, it's where President John F. Kennedy was assassinated in 1963. His assailant, Lee Harvey Oswald, was apprehended in the Texas theater, making it vital to Dallas history. But what other histories tied to the theater?
2: So what they didn't know was that Howard Hughes and all the earlier stuff, so all the marketing gets connected to the aviation part of Howard Hughes' story.
1: Hughes was a business magnate, and he had a big interest in aviation. He actually founded Hughes Aircraft Company and then briefly owned the Texas theater when it first opened.
2: So that little clue kind of sends people that are fans of it down a different path than the JFK stuff. I knew we were going to have to at least approach the topic of the JFK involvement. So we waited a good year or so to um, do anything related to it. And the first thing I did, which kind of ended up getting me a lot of press I didn't necessarily want at the time, but I made a a T-shirt out of the arrest photo and that got a ton of attention the next day. So it was very early on and, you know, viral Facebook type pictures and it went viral and people were kind of, some people were very upset about it. They thought I was exploiting the JFK thing. And we were just showing the history of the theater which has always been our baseline is to say, regardless of what the history is good or bad to someone, this is what happened here. Howard Hughes is part of that, and JFK, you know, and and Lee Harvey Oswald being arrested is also part of that. So we're just trying to be honest about that.
0: I think that itself makes it a destination just like the book depository in downtown Dallas that no one would otherwise take a second look at. But that part of the history is a nice, you know, feather in the cap of the theater But I think what they've done in their renovation and what they have done in terms of wanting to bring the cutting edge of film making to that theater is what makes it a standout.
1: In 2020, box offices across the country hit a 40-year low. According to a Gallup poll, 61% of adults did not go to the movie theaters at all in 2021. Personally, as a big movie fan, I remember being really worried that all of the local theaters that I love so much were about to shut down. But at the same time, I didn't really want to go out and get COVID, so I could totally see both sides of this one. So yeah, the pandemic really harmed theater revenue, and the truth of it is, some people still don't feel comfortable in a setting that was once a place to get away.
2: During the pandemic, we got lucky that we had the ability to use our parking lot as a drive-in, so we pivoted really quickly. And Barack and the staff did an unbelievable job of connecting the dots there and making this uh, drive-in in our back lot. And it was sold out every time we did anything. So the community we've always felt has very much been supportive of of what we're doing. We think, you know, it seems like they are and the numbers of people coming is always growing. So I, I think we're on the right track. So we're trying to do everything to just stay to what's true to the Thread of what we think the DNA of our our place is.
0: I have to confess, I don't go. I used to go three, four, five times a week for two or three decades. When I started doing movie reviews for Irving Community Television, that was in um, early 1984. Those films were the first that I reviewed and I started going all the time to these movie screenings. I lived my life around them. Nowadays, I just stream them at home because it's more convenient. How is the current streaming culture possibly moving us away from the movie theaters? A movie date is not cheap anymore. So when people have the choice of having a you know a nice 70-inch television at home and a sound system... They can watch much of what comes out and be satisfied with it.
1: What were supposed to be big blockbuster films like Hamilton, Mulan, and Soul skipped theaters altogether. Remember, everyone was locked down. These big movies skipped theaters. They went straight to streaming platforms. So you could watch them in your jammies, on your couch, brand new movie.
2: The streaming thing, It's I understand why people think it's going to just destroy theaters. And for some, it it is complex. If your whole business is based on showing new films, then it's a really challenging time for that business. Luckily for us, we show new films, but we also show a lot of classic films, a lot of, you know, kind of cult classics. And we have so many community events tied to film that it's just, there are things you can't get from watching Netflix or, or whatever streaming service you choose. That that part of the experience is a communal experience.
1: Some of those classic films playing at the Texas Theater in September include the original Star Wars trilogy, that would make a lot of people I know very excited. Casablanca, Sister Act, and this one is near and dear to my heart, The Departed.
2: So we thought if we can if we can service that that feeling of people wanting to be around their own tribe that they like whatever we just showed or like whatever we just performance that just saw and kind of give them a space to hang out and be around their, their tribe, I think that's gonna encourage more of that. And you can't really get that from a streaming situation. It's just a delivery platform difference in that situation where ours is a more tactile community-based, you know, we're more interested in the human element
1: I'm Bailey Friday at News Radio 1080 KRLD in Dallas, Fort Worth. Thank you so much for joining me on our new podcast, North Texas Wants to Know. If you like the show, please give us a rating and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode was produced by Savannah Jones and Chris Blake. Original music by Michael Eisenstein. Editorial support from Cooper Mall. Odyssey's managing producer for national news podcasts is Myron Kaplan.